Right now at Safeway, earn four times rewards points when you shop for participating items with Safeway for you. Shop for items like Ready Whip Whipped Cream, Deer Park Natural Spring Water, Dan and Danimals Drinks, Philadelphia Cream Cheese, and 7-Up to earn four times rewards points with Safeway for you. Offer expires January 4th. Plus, get select holiday essentials like gift wraps, bags, holiday decor, lights, and more. Buy one, get one 50% off. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com or head in store for full offer details. I'm done letting ADHD call the shots. And with Done, you can be too. Done is an online ADHD care platform and can get you all the resources you need to help manage your ADHD. Contact an expert team that can help you round the clock and get a personalized treatment plan just for you. Visit Done first.com to learn more. Now, for a limited time, you can get 50% off your initial appointment, a special holiday deal, all that and more on donefirst.com. Done. Turn ADHD into your strength. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. It is the Custard TV podcast. I'm Luke, editor and runner of the website that you may have heard this on, thecustardtv.com. This is the podcast for TV obsessives run by three TV lovers. Your obsessives this week are Matt in the Northern Area. Hello. Hello. Oh, you that was like me... a tuneful. I know, I didn't expect to be that cheery. <laughs> um, you told me you've not had any fresh air today. That worries me. No, slightly. I know. I know I might just have to open a window while we do this or something. <laughs> yeah, perhaps do I worry about you not having enough air while we record. <laughs> that concerns me a lot. And also, our guest this week is the uh, editor of the Hot TV column in the Daily Star, Ed Gleave. Hello, sir. Hi. Bad plenty of fresh air. I don't want to worry about both of you. I have, yes. Uh, well, it, it looked quite hot outside, so I went outside uh, not wearing a jumper, and actually it was it was quite cold. So, yes, yeah, uh, but unfortunately not quite as warm as I was hoping. It's one of them days where, like you say, it looks like it should be a lot warmer. It's still March, people. We need to remember that, but somehow the weather doesn't want to know. Start of spring this week, Luke, you know, it's spring now. I did, I did spring forward earlier this week, but um, <laughs> I, it wasn't intentional, I just sort of fell over at a point. <laughs> Luke and Matt. This could be a podcast. A podcast? Don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Uh, definitely not. Anyone with a computer can make one. Talking telly. Use your ears and trust them. This is the Custard TV Podcast. Yes, that would entertain me briefly. From thecustardtv.com. So this week on the show, we're going to be talking four shows. Uh, Netflix has a new quote-unquote comedy called Turn Up Charlie. It's a new vehicle, quote-unquote, for Idris Elba. BBC Two have launched a big new FX drama called Pose. That's coming out on Thursday nights on the BBC Two. And is all there for you to binge, should you desire, on the iPlayer. ITV's new crime drama, The Bay, on ITV, oddly enough, on Wednesday nights. And also a new Walter Presents box set called Ride Upon the Storm. And uh, Ed's going to take on Boxmaster, the ultimate TV quiz, at the end to see just how much of a TV obsessive he is or isn't, as it might turn out. First of all, though, our social media question was the most shocking TV death, the one that you didn't see coming, the one that hit you emotionally. Did you have an answer to this, Ed, when I posed the question to you? Um, in recent memory, it was in the missing when uh, he uh, drilled a guy, drilled the police. Oh, oh yeah. That I feel was quite shocking in the sense that 
it wasn't a major character, but it was shocking in the sense that it just came out of nowhere. And also the, the gruesomeness of that sort of way of dying. I think they didn't even really, obviously they didn't show um, it wasn't quite as graphic as it could have been, but it, just the idea of a drill going into a head, it's so horrific. That, that, that struck me as the one that I would say is the most shocking. But then obviously I think with TV, I always think something's more shocking or more um, important if it's got a big audience and everyone remembers yeah everyone was talking about so i guess you know you could you could argue it's something like you know tiffany being killed off on eastenders just because mm. you know back in the day that would have been the the big tv moment of the year or or the month or whatever so i guess something like that is 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 good in the sense that you know millions of people watch that whereas the missing obviously not not as many uh, for me there are two that's well there are three actually uh, speaking of Line of Duty, which we were before we started to record, Jessica Rain getting thrown out of that window at the start of the second mm. series was completely unforeseen and shocking. And Jed Mercurio had done this great thing where he thought she was going to be a pivotal character and a really uh, asset to Martin Compstant, and then out the window she flew. I could not believe that. Yeah, I mean, you could say the same thing about uh, Daniel Mays. Mm. Uh, his his death was shocking in in how gruesome, but also like you say, a big name getting killed off early on, and then obviously um, the final scene with Keely Hawes where she got shot arms arms length in the car. So Line of Duty certainly going for this one, isn't it? And Jason Watkins as well. Oh yes, although we didn't see that, but yeah. No, but crikey, he likes to do it. And I suppose you could say the same, it wasn't on my list, but the same for Julia Montague in Bodyguard as well, where she was, again, that was the person he was bodyguard to, and uh, she was gone by the middle of the the third episode, or the end of the third episode. So that's something that Jed likes to do. Mine, though, would be taking us back in time slightly, the death of Rachel in Cold Feet all those years ago, where she's reaching for a cassette of Beverly Knight, as we all have in the past, and is, <laughs> and is uh, hit by a, by a truck, is, was just stunned me at the time. I think that was an era where you, you thought, you know, whatever happened to lead characters in a series, they would be all right, they would survive. But she, obviously, it was always Mike Bullen, the writer's plan to get rid of a major character in the final few episodes of that originally. And then Christopher Eccleston, who's killed off at the start of Cracker, uh, of the second series of that, he's stabbed by a, by a killer played by... Why did I say played Robert by? Robert Carlyle. Thank you. Thank you, voice in my head. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that was really shocking as well. I mean, Matt, what are yours? Will Gardner on The Good Wife would be one of mine, mm. um, where he was just shot mid-courtroom, sort of wasn't he? And I think that was... Because it was such a big storyline going on at the time with him and Alicia and things like that, you know, she just split up from the from the firm. That that was a that was a big loss because he was like one of the major characters in that. Um, also, um, Lucy on ER was another one where they killed her off. She was stabbed um, on Valentine's Day, and then you thought, oh, she'd get better, but she didn't. She ended up dying on the operating table. Also, Omar on the wire was another one. Mm. Um, who just randomly got shot in a shot by a kid after being this massive character for, like, the five seasons. They're the ones that spring to mind. What did our cultured TV friends over on social media say? You thought we'd get a lot of Game of Thrones, didn't you? I did, because that seems to be the answer to any TV question you put out. <laughs> um, there was a few uh, Game of Thrones. Um, 
when Talk Radio podcast said Oberon from Game of Thrones, hands down, he had it in the bag and it was snatched away and then his head gets popped like a grape. We should say spoiler warning, really, shouldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well done. Sophie Davis, our, our guest from a few weeks ago, said uh, Rita and Dexter, Hanking, Breaking Bad, uh, Christian Skins, and too many to count in Lost and Game of Thrones. Lauren Jones agrees with you, Luke, says Georgia in Series 2 of Line of Duty. Didn't see that coming. I remember literally gasping when she went out of the window. Ripley and Luther. Still can't believe they killed him off. It was never the same for me after that. Toby at Tobias says Stingray and Neighbours. That storyline was heartbreaking. The way they made it seem like everything had worked out. The street was partying and then Stingray just passes away in his chair. Utterly is Stingray a person? It doesn't yeah. sound like it should be a person. That's like Toadie, isn't it? They have weird names. <laughs> yeah, they were related, if I remember correctly. Uh, <laughs> of course they were. Erin, again, Jessica Rain's character in Line of Duty, yeah. or any death in Line of Duty, really. She also says something that really moved me. I would say the twist at the end of Inside Number Nine's Bernie Clifton's dressing room mm. um, of the 12 Days of Christine. Mo Walker took it literally by saying, a sumpter in Ballykiss Angel, shocking death caused by a faulty fuse. Um, after the local <laughs> priest finally decides to be with her. Gary, uh, our, our old uh, co-host, says, Charlotte Ritchie on Call the Midwife, still not over it. Lisa Faulkner in Spooks with the old um, Deep Fat Deep Fryer. Deep fryer. Um, and Mrs Langingham on the West Wing made the show unmissable. Uh, well, Adrian says, uh, says DS Joy Free is on No Offence, Ellie Wasserman mm. on The Tunnel, Christopher on The Sopranos, he says, I've listed a few, but to be honest, in terms of impact discussion raised debates over whether it should be allowed in schools and the fact it's still talk about with reverence, it would be hard to be argue that the final episode of Black Adder doesn't own its top spot. As I say, spoilers. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't seen that in, I think, 30 years or something this yeah. year. Joe McGrath, Dr. Mark Green from ER, as Desco is beautiful, but after 14 years, it was a shock and felt like a real turning point. Oscar Dowson, I think he's talking about Grange Hill here. Danny Kendall being found dead in Mr. Bronson's car. That was a jaw-dropper. I've never forgotten. And the subsequent story was Michael Sheard's finest hour. Um, my favourite Twitter handle of the week, uh, this lemon tart is more stable than Trump. Uh, <laughs> says, Alma and Corrie from Cancer, incredibly moving. It feels like soap characters don't die of natural causes anymore. Always has to be a whodunit murder, a big train crash or something over the top. Matthew McLean <laughs> also agrees with you, Luke, Rachel and Cole Feet, or yeah. more recently, Julia and Bodyguard. Also, if it still counts, Pippa's miscarriage in One Foot in the Grave Christmas special was very shocking. Okay. Remember well, that? Some, some great answers there. Thanks for yeah. getting in touch. There, there, was a lot, there was a lot this week and um, a lot of people who haven't contributed before. So thanks, thanks everyone for getting in touch. Let's give that, that favourite tweet of the week another... What's the, the handle there? Mm. This lemon this tart is... tart is more stable than Trump at Tarto Citron 1. <laughs> all go follow that person now. They've put a lot of effort in. More effort than I certainly did when I was creating my Twitter handle. OK, then, let's talk about the four shows that we're talking about this week. Where do we want to start, Ed? You said you had a lot to say about Posed, so why don't we start there? Could you sort of sum up basic building blocks of the first episode for us and then we can sort of talk about our feelings on it so pose is set in the late 80s in new york which i think is a fantastic city for any uh, series and it's a, a, a group of uh, trans women 
which I think even now would be unusual, but obviously in the 80s it was even even more unusual. And it's basically about them being outsiders and sort of grouping together for some sort of uh, family. And, and the, the running theme is that none of them really have a family, so they make their own family. And they live together in, in, in sort of groups, in, in what they call houses, they sort of all live together. And um, because they're not really accepted in society, they get together each week and, and have a, what's known as a ball, which is, as far as I can see from the episode, they're just in a sort of nondescript hall and they just sort of ask about in funny outfits and have a great time. And it's a sort of like party, sort of nightclub type feel. Um, but they're just they're just made to feel, uh, you know, like they belong and that they've got a fan. Mm -hmm. And there's a there's a few of them that you follow in the first episode. There's sort of three main characters that you're following their stories about, you know, what they've been through and how they've been ostracized from their family and the sort of trials that they that they face and their sort of uh, search for happiness and acceptance. It's sort of got an undercurrent of sadness to it because. You know, they're, they're obviously facing bigotry and they're having a difficult time. But it's obviously then that, you know, they're getting past that and they're, they're, they're showing resilience. And so it's got a sort of warmth to it and everything. Um, it's by Ryan Murphy, who worked on Glee, far more subtle than Glee. It's, a, it's a, you know, I think Glee was a little bit over the top and, and, and it was great. But I think this is more, this is a more sort of serious offering. And I think it's, it's more grounded than Glee, certainly, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it could it could be it could be real. I think it, it could be based on true stories. It feels. Um, so yeah, that's the sort of general premise, I guess, is that you're following outsiders trying to fit in and trying to make their way through life. Focus, children. It is time we remind the world who we are. How does someone as talented as you wind up dancing for a whole bunch of junkies? I want to be a star. You ever consider joining a house? What do you mean? Well, a house is a family you get to choose. It's that white boy again. Is this your first time? Doing something like this? Whispering love. Yes. What exactly is a ball? Balls are a gathering of people who are not welcome to gather anywhere else. Darling, the champagne is burnt. And what do you want out of life? I want to be treated like any other woman. That's my dream. Baby, you are our secret weapon. All eight episodes have already aired in America. They aired uh, last summer. And it went down a storm there. It's it's trans people performing as these characters as well. So nobody is pretending to be a trans person. They've all been cast uh, because of who they are. And I've seen all eight, which you can also do if you want to go on the iPlayer. Because although it's a, a world I know very little about, I just found the storytelling very compelling. I found all the characters very interesting. It's got a warmth that is there without being too sickly and silly and it's got a real heart to it as well and they cover some really important stories. Well, when it first started, the first few scenes are at... Right now at Safeway, earn four times rewards points when you shop for participating items with Safeway for you. Shop for items like Ready Whip Whipped Cream, Deer Park Natural Spring Water, Din and Danimals Drinks, Philadelphia Cream Cheese and 7-Up to earn four times rewards points with Safeway Safeway for you. Offer expires January 4th. Plus, get select holiday essentials like gift wraps, bags, holiday decor, lights, and more. Buy one, get one 50% off. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com or head in store for full offer details. At one of these balls, and it was just, they were making a lot of, uh, doing a lot of phrases that you'd, you'd associate with RuPaul's Drag Race. Mm. And I was, this is ridiculous. I don't, why am I, why am I watching this? 
But then once you sort of start to get to know the characters, it's so much, you know, I think that that sort of the sort of ridiculous bit in the first few scenes is the sort of the fun, the sort of over the top part. But then you scratch beneath the surface as you get to know each of the characters and their stories. Like you say, it's got it's got a lot of warmth. But the fact that they're trans, I guess, is the sort of premise. But actually, you're just following people living lives. Exactly. Uh, it could be middle aged people in north of england or they could be trans people in their 20s in the 80s you know so um so i think it's just it's just an an, another drama but i think there's something nice about it having trans people in because you don't see many trans people on uh, on television and in film even now and if you do then you know they're not necessarily the main character it wasn't so long ago that love simon came out and i realized it was the first time i'd ever seen a mainstream drama film about you know about a gay person really and so in this I guess trans people must feel the same about this. You know, suddenly, finally, trans people are at the centre of a program, and and also, I mean, they're all they're pretty much all the cast are black. Um, and so, I think what this program has shown is that it doesn't. You know, you don't have to be black and trans to enjoy a program about black and trans people. You know, you watch so much of television, and it's young white people a lot of the time. And, and what something like Pose does is it shows that you can have diversity, and people are interested in stories about other demographics than their own. Um, uh, but equally, it's very important for those for demographics such as trans people or black people to feel represented on television. I think it's it's good for the a minority, but it's also good for a mass audience to perhaps watch something other than the sort of norm all the time. Did it grab you enough to think oh, I'm going to go back to it? Basically, in my job, I watched the first episode of a lot of things, yeah. and you you can't watch every series of everything. There are a lot of shows I go and see the first episode at press launches, and I think, yeah, fine, but I'm not going to watch it. But this, yeah, I am quite keen to watch this. I did, by the end, care about the characters. And I think that's the the key thing for me with a TV programme, is whether or not you care about the characters. You know, I watch some programmes and I just think, I couldn't care less what happens to you. But with Pose, you root for the characters, you see the the troubles they're having, and you want them to get through it. And I think... We've all felt like an outsider. We've all felt like we're, you know, we're not perhaps being treated fairly. So I think we can all relate to it in a funny kind of way as well. Yeah, the characters, are, you, you root for the characters and that's what grabs your attention as a viewer and that's why I will continue to watch it, yes. I was equally sort of put out early on by that, you know, those opening sort of scenes where they're bro- breaking into the museum and things like that. And it's not, I think, until you meet uh, Damon, who's the young dancer who's gay and his, his parents find like this gay pornographic magazine, throw him out on the streets and eventually sort of becomes part of this new house that's started by um, Blanker, I think is the character's name, isn't yeah. it? Who's, the, who, who's diagnosed with HIV and, and starts her own house, breaks away from the house she was in before. He sort of felt like the audience proxy in this because he was learning about this world of the balls and the, and the houses and things like that. I think from that you got sort of the building blocks of what this was actually about. And I felt that the, the scene where he auditions for the dance school at the end had me completely. I thought that yeah. was brilliantly done. I, was, I had a smile on my face and I got I was emotional by the end of it. I thought the use of music as well, because the recurring use of um, Kate Bush as well, isn't there? Running up that hill when it's another of the... It's Angel, I think the character's called, yes. who sort of has a an almost one night stand with someone who worked for Donald Trump in the 1980s and she puts on running up that hill and then later he hears it and thinks he's seeing her like a dance he's attending with his wife so it's really good and it's multi-layered as well there's all these sort of recurring stories and things like that that are coming together and I you know I'm the same I will 
watch more because as i'd said you know you get invested in these characters by the end of the first episode so and, and even like the supporting characters like billy porter playing like the mc of the bulls and things like that and you got a little bit of story about him when he was helping sort of making the costumes and things like that so um yeah no really really enjoyed it and and you did as well luke i'm guessing as you yeah, watched it I, all i've seen it all i've seen it all i i didn't plan on it i watched the first one and felt really invested and just kept going and going and going. It's great. It's on Thursday nights, BBC Two. I think aside from it being a really well-written, well-performed drama, it's an important piece of television because of the people at the centre as well. Pose Thursday nights on BBC Two if you want to watch it weekly at 9 o'clock. Or, as I did, you can go on iPlayer and get through all eight. It's another example of contemporary television just pushing things up a bit more to the next level uh, in its storytelling i really really enjoyed it on to the next new thing this week which was a new crime drama for itv called the bay starring morvan christie and jonas armstrong formerly robin hood uh, matt do you want to talk us through this before i go into it i know i was talking to someone at work who said has it been on before? And I was like, no, it's a new thing. I think it, I think it just was reminiscent of other dramas yeah. that have been on before. So, uh, so set in Morecambe, a um, pair of twins, teenagers go missing. Morgan Christie's character is D.I. Lisa Armstrong, who's a family liaison officer, goes to sort of do her bit of the case, talk to the family, and eventually meets the twin stepdad, played by Jonas Armstrong, who she realises she had a bit of a... What's the word to put it? A bit of a, uh, how's your father outside the, outside the club? Uh, yeah, that's so. a very contemporary way of putting it. I know, it, yes. I know, yeah. As it goes on, she's trying to sort of cover up this indiscretion she had with this guy who she didn't know the identity of previously to the case. She's got two teenage children who might be embroiled in it more. And it is, it, you know, it's just going on. It's the investigation and things like that into what happened. And at the end of episode one, the, the boy's body is found. For me, this wasn't just another bog-standard crime drama. I did find it quite intriguing. I found the lead characters quite interesting. I thought, I mean, some of it's silly. You know, Melvin Christie hiding some of the CCTV from her boss because it shows her having a conversation with the stepdad who's now a suspect. So you've got to leave some, you know, reality at the door. But actually, I, I thought this was one of the better crime dramas on ITV and certainly on British TV that I've seen for a while but that might be more that I was shocked because I didn't think I'd enjoy it and so I was surprised how much it took me by surprise it how did you feel Ed? Yeah no I turned up expecting it to be middle of the road and but I was impressed ITV I feel are starting to pull out some better dramas of late they're upping their game so Liar I think was a really good turning point for ITV Cheat uh, also I think because they stripped that that caught people's imagination but The Bay I think it's an interesting premise just the basic thing of the fact that she's she's slept with this guy so she can't say anything but she he's at the centre of the case that she's dealing with I think the characters are interesting Um, there's a lot you know a lot going on it's an intriguing plot I think is basically what makes it a great great drama I by the end of the first episode there was no doubt that I wanted to watch the rest of the series which as I said before is quite it's quite a feat when someone's watching a lot of different first episodes so yeah I definitely want to see more I think Morvan Christie is is a good 
a good actress. I think she's she's likable and interesting. Yeah, I think it could confirm ITV's place as, as somewhere that's producing good drama. The characters didn't feel paint by numbers like you see in a lot of crime drama. They did feel like genuine people that this had happened to. I didn't mention Chanel Cresswell plays the missing twin's mother and she's really compelling and interesting to watch. Yes. And you believe her, you're on her side from the off. And also Dan Ryan who plays the boss manages to do something with quite what we've seen that role done a thousand times, but he manages to make it feel really authentic and genuine as well. I agree with you. I expected it to be bog standard, but there was something about it. It was it was a really easy watch. You know, I yes. didn't find myself sort of wandering, you know, looking at my phone and things like that. I, I, I was quite engrossed by it. I think the character of, of Lisa Armstrong is a bit different because she's she's a bit grittier She's had this sort of indiscretion with this guy and now she's trying to cover it up. Um, she's good at her job, though, as well. And I think it's interesting it being a family liaison officer because you don't really see that sort of process on screen. It's normally, you know, just another copper. I think I think it had an extra element to it. I think the, the setting helped as well, although some people are obviously going to compare it to Broadchurch because of the, the beach and everything like that. Yeah. But I think they set up enough sort of suspects and things in the first episode the only thing that sort of took me out of it a bit was the stuff with the kids i wasn't really that intrigued by you know i didn't really care much for her daughter um and all the stuff that was happening at the school that might play into it as it goes on but just for me at the moment those scenes were the least interesting but everything when Morgan christie was on screen i felt very compelling and as i say it's if every episode is like this episode then I'll be watching the the whole series. I really enjoyed the first episode a lot. I'm slightly concerned that it's going to turn into a pedestrian whodunit where Mm. each episode someone looks really guilty and then actually it just turns out to be nothing. Whereas I much prefer a programme like The Missing or Line of Duty where everything that's happening in every episode has a bearing and will continue to progress and lead to something. Whereas in Broadchurch, especially the third series, I felt, you know, someone would look guilty one episode, then the next episode, mm. was, oh, it was nothing. And the that's next the, episode, yeah. and it's just, that's, that, that's just pointless. Everything that happens through the series should should be important, mm. not just a, a pointless d- diversion. And, I'm, and should be well, moving the plot on as well, shouldn't it, every episode? Slightly yeah. worried is going to be a bit like Broadchurch Series 3 where we just think that someone's guilty and oh they're not then it's them oh they're not I want the end I want the you know whoever's done it to be revealed and be like oh yeah we should have seen that going along Mm. you know I'm concerned about it but I will watch it this I feel has got its roots also in in Nordic Noir the sort of soundtrack is very sort of bridge-esque and the killing-esque and I like the setting of Morecambe but yeah I'll be judging it on an episode by episode basis but as we're just talking about this first one, I really did enjoy it. And perhaps I went in with lower expectations than I should have. But yeah, I, th- I think it's about time we championed something ITV was doing. And we've not done that a lot of late. It's rare for me to like something of theirs from the off. And this, I really have. So I'll be watching that. That's on Wednesday nights on ITV. So you got Pose on the Thursday and The Bay on the Wednesday. That's at nine o'clock. It's a six-parter uh, on ITV. Justin, for your entertainment. Get the latest TV news direct from thecustardtv.com. My God, you are pure television. Guaranteed. 
Ride Upon the Storm, which is a Walter Presents box set, uh, which you can watch all of. Now, there are two series uh, in, in its native land. We've only got the one here. It's about a family of priests led by Lars Mikkelsen as Johannes, this sort of holier-than-thou head priest who loses out of the job of bishop fairly early on in the first episode and goes on a downward spiral. But it follows his whole family, his wife Elizabeth, his son Christian, who's a bit of a black sheep, and because he's not a priest, doesn't get the appreciation from Johannes. And then his um, son August, who is a priest, and is lavished with a load of praise from Father and can do no wrong. So it's about their dynamic. And I'm not a particularly religious person, but I found the family at the centre of this really interesting. It tells stories. I've seen it all again, because apparently I have an empty life. I was going to say, you've had a yeah. lot of time on your hands. You've finished I have. Series, I must so. have just <laughs> been sitting down for like two weeks. <laughs> and but um, I, I'm going on about you not having any fresh air. I'm lucky I went out today. I really, really would urge anyone who, who likes a bit of depth and maybe a bit of... I don't it's not very religious. I know that's a daft thing to say, that religion isn't at the centre of it, but it does ask some very interesting questions. The characters are all very interesting. This was the one, Ed, that you struggled with. Is that because foreign drama isn't something you're that interested in or just the subject matter didn't compel you? I think that subtitles are something that take a little while to get used to. Once you use them, you can obviously engage. I mean, my job is to find is to I might I generally focus on um, sort of mass market programs that are getting six seven million viewers because that's who I figure readers what readers are more likely to be watching they're more likely to watch that team right now at Safeway earn four times rewards points when you shop for participating items with Safeway for you shop for items like ready whip whipped cream deer park natural spring water Dan and Danimals drinks Philadelphia cream cheese and seven up to earn four times rewards points with Safeway for you offer expires January 4th plus get select holiday essentials like gift wraps bags holiday decor lights and more buy one get one 50% off restrictions apply Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com or head in store for full offer details. The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Earn great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. Learn more online at cbp.gov slash career slash USBP. East in the Bay and, and sort of mainstream comedies and things like that. So I'm more likely to write about Baptiste than I am Fleabag, for example. And yes. so this isn't the sort of thing I would normally watch um, for work or, or focus on, but I but obviously it has, a, uh, you know, these sorts of programs, these sorts of dramas have a place and, and then they are popular. Lars Mikkelsen, who I'd seen before in Sherlock, um, mm. I knew was very good. I think he's really great in this. Uh, I've only seen one episode, but he's obviously you straight away want to know more about him and 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 see how he gets on. And I, his character is very complicated. There's this amazing scene in the episode I watched where a woman says she's a bit nervous about getting married, and he sort of he starts out being really polite about it and saying, "Oh, you'll be fine," and then in the end he starts screaming at her not to get yeah. married. Because he says you're not gonna you're not gonna be faithful, so just don't do it. And then also in the episode I watched, there was a, a really important bit about um, one of them's been out on the front line and he's come back. And I, I'm pretty sure from what I've seen, he's uh, suffering from PTSD and sort yes. of issues. Yeah. And I mean, I think that in itself is important because you just don't see much of that on television. Um, 
you know, you just, yeah, I think that's an issue that probably isn't covered a, a great deal on television. And yet, obviously, it's, it affects lots of people. So I think there's, there, there's, there's so much to take from this program. I think if you can get past the subtitles, you'll probably get more out of it than you expect. Matt, what about you? Because you, you had 10 minutes left of the second episode when we spoke earlier. Yeah. Uh, is, is, it, is it good in your eyes? Because I know how I feel. I really enjoyed it. So what did you think? I enjoyed it. I don't know if I'm going to carry on. How many episodes are there? 10. 10. Because I, I, I like certain elements of it. As Ed said, Lars Mikkelsen is, is completely fantastic. I think he's such a compelling screen presence. You sort of see his downfall throughout the second half of the first episode and into episode two as well. There's that sort of scene at the funeral where he just basically falls into the um, into the grave, doesn't he? Yeah, like yeah. something out of absolutely fabulous. Yeah. Or I, was, I was thinking Father's Head when they let Dougal do the funeral. But, sure. um, or Friends, that happened in as well, didn't it? Um, anyway, is it Grandma's funeral where Ross falls into the grave because he's on some sort of medication or something? I feel we've anyway. drifted slightly. Okay, that's just me. <laughs> But yeah, I liked um, the storyline with his son August. When you get into the second episode, when he's when he goes to Afga- is Afghanistan, I believe. Yes. And, yeah. Um, he goes out on tour with them, and 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 things happen. I I found that the most compelling of the two episodes that I watched. I I found that the weakest moments were when you you focused on Christy and the other son because he's the black sheep of the clan. You know, he came across as quite entitled. You know, he hasn't really worked. He's cheated on his dissertation. He just comes across as quite, you know, the world owes me something. And I found... He has a oh, really interesting arc that I won't oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know if I've got the time to fit this in at the moment, even though you, you have raved about it quite a lot on yeah. Twitter. Well, I've only raved about it because I thought it was really good and people won't know it's there. Like Ed says, we talk about the bigger nine o'clock mainstream dramas and this isn't that. This is hidden away on all four, and I think it's on late Sunday nights on Channel 4. So I wanted people to know that it was a thing and it's available and it's good and it's worth your time. So that's all there on all four, right upon the storm. I mean, I think you're right. I think it's it's always good to recommend stuff that perhaps isn't on the on the mainstream channels. I mean, one of the best dramas I've ever watched was called The Night Of, which I think yeah. aired on Sky Atlantic, and I watched it on Sky Box Sets. And... I still think about it sometimes now, and Riz Ahmed was is just extraordinary in that program. So that, that and and I would and someone told me about that and said, oh, I can't wait to go home tonight to watch more of it. So I thought, right, this must be good. And yet, probably the number of people that have seen it is minimal. And yet, some dramas, you know, you know, like Sheridan Smith cleaning up, probably got six million viewers, and yet that was terrible. And yet, the Night Ofs probably had what three hundred thousand viewers or something ridiculously low. So I think it's always important to to look elsewhere out side of this, the mainstream channels for a good drama. Having you here is quite interesting for me because we talk a lot about obviously the big shows but then the smaller ones again. As someone who, who covers the majority of the big shows, do you feel like channels are doing enough daring things to keep people interested in TV and away from Netflix and box sets? I think they're trying, yes. And I think they benefit from the fact that TV's now sold all over the world a lot far more. So the BBC and ITV, not ITV maybe, but BBC are teaming up with American networks a lot more, sort of Killing Eve and things like that. So we're benefiting from that sort of collaborative approach and and so the, the dramas on, especially BBC, like The Night Manager and 
uh, Killing Eve and things like that. We're getting much more, fi- you know, cinema like film style uh, dramas that are really bold and fantastic on on mainstream television. I think they're fighting a losing battle a little bit because no one under the age of thirty is really watching linear TV. They're all their first point of call is Netflix. You I don't know, know how you get over that though. I really don't know I, how you break that. Well, something like Killing Eve. If something's good, it will perforate. You know, Line of Duty. There will be people in their teens and twenties on Sunday nights over the next month and a half sitting down at nine o'clock on a Sunday because Line of Duty is that good that people will have to sit down and watch it, and they have to wait one and watch it one week at a time, as we did. You know, I, I did twenty years ago when when there was no such thing as Sky Plus or binging and whatnot. If if something's good enough people will come you know they, they say oh people aren't watching x-factor anymore because young people don't watch telly well they're all watching love island so there is that there the audience is there if the programs are good enough um the problem that the mainstream channels have got is that netflix has got a lot of money star power behind it so they they can basically produce better telly but there's a lot of very good dramas and you've got they, they can pick from all over the world so that you know, that's what that's the problem that that mainstream channels have got the other problem is that the average viewer for ITV at one, I think is 55 or something. And the average yeah. year of BBC is 60 odd. So, you know, there's a lot of young, there are some younger people, there's a lot of older people, but people in their twenties and thirties and younger are, are not really watching the mainstream channels um, anywhere near enough for them to have a long-term future once they're, you know, once the older generation aren't here to watch yeah. it. As a, as a big TV fan, I know it's true, but it is sad to think that people aren't growing up in the same TV landscape that perhaps Matt and I did and yourself did, uh, where if it was on at 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock on a Monday night, it was appointment viewing and you'd go around and tell somebody at school or at work the next day all about it. That happens now on Netflix, but everyone's behind each other or ahead of each other, and it's just not the same viewing experience, which is why something, as you say, like Line of Duty, the BBC should be incredibly proud of, because next Sunday... A lot of people will be tuning in at nine o'clock because they don't want to have that spoiled. They don't want that program ruined by not sitting down at nine and watching it. Well, the communal experience is disappearing, and that there is a sadness to that. But I'd argue that once you can get past that um, and the nostalgia of all watching telly together, I actually think telly's improving because there's more choice. The consumer's in control. More money's being spent on telly. More big film stars are doing TV. They're having to be better because there's more competition. So I actually think there's more there's more telly and better telly now than there's ever been. So I think it's a good thing. Um, actually, sometimes I watch things back on old channels or YouTube clips of old TV shows that I watched in the 90s or early noughties, and they're terrible. And the, and the yeah. reality is we just didn't have anything else to watch. And we I didn't I, know any better then, did exactly. we? That was the cream of the crop then. Didn't have a choice, whereas now we do. And I think that some of the stuff we were fed years ago was just low quality. And I think that actually the, cons- the, the, the viewers are getting a much better deal now. Netflix is not massively expensive. So I think for the, for the money you pay, the amount of great drama and films that you can get for that money is, isn't, isn't bad. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us an email. CustardTVReviews at gmail.com Speaking of TV, let's find out how much of it you really care about and really know about 
it's time to play the ultimate TV quiz. This is Boxmaster. Matt, remind us how the scoring works here, please. It's um, three points for every question, six points for the bonuses. Very similar to... Um, no, 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 no. There's no similarity at all to a popular Radio 2 morning show quiz. Apart from the format and yeah. slightly the name yeah. okay. and the scoring. Okay. But aside from that... <laughs> aside it's from com- that. But it's about completely... TV. Yes, that's how it's completely yeah. original and nothing to do no, with that try at all. Sued. Okay, let's begin. So you can either have as your bonuses, categories are one and done or not so happily married. Which of those two do you think you'd be better on? The second one. Okie doke, we'll go there then. First question, um, which year did The One Show launch? Oh. Uh, uh, it's been on forever. I'd say 2006. Oh, one year out 2007 although technically there was a week po- there was a week long pilot in 2006 I'm going to give it to you oh, so yes well then uh, yes no maybe can you repeat the question are the first lines of which US comedy series theme tune yes no maybe I don't know can you repeat the question uh, I don't know the answer to that. I'll say modern family. I'm just guessing. No, <laughs> no it was uh, it was um, Malcolm in the Middle, if you remember oh. that all those years ago. Yes, no, maybe. I don't know. Can you repeat the question? You're not the boss of me now. You're not the boss of me now. You're not the boss of me now. And you're not so big. You're not the boss of me now. So, not so happily married, then. What was the name of Dr. Foster's cheating husband in the series of the same name? Well, I know his real name. <laughs> that count? <laughs> it would count. But no, do you know the character's name? I'm terrible. I mean, I hate to break... This is probably not a good time to say, but I'm terrible at trivia. Um, no, I don't know his name. No, it would have been Simon. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah no, I, I couldn't remember, to be honest with you, either. There, you I, I couldn't have got that one. Which acclaimed writer uh, adapted Lady Chatterley's Lover for the BBC in 2015? Bit of a hint, we've already spoken about their big show on the podcast today several times. No, no help there at all, no persuasion. <laughs> Well, I didn't know yes. why you were telling me all the clues, because I knew it already. Oh! No, I no, didn't. <laughs> okay. Do you know which US state the popular comedy Parks and Recreation is set in? Um. No. Who's <laughs> the answer to that? It's Indiana. Indiana. Okay. Which TV character had three children with his wife Betty before divorcing. 
in a popular US acclaimed drama series. Betty was his wife's name. What was the husband's name? Um, yeah, I've no idea, I'm afraid. It would have been Don Draper and the show was Mad Men. Okay. This might be more in your wheelhouse, actually. Who were the original coaches on the first series of The Voice UK? Okay, right, I should know this. This is definitely my remit. So it was, well, I am definitely. I'm, I'm thinking that it was Tom Jones, Danny O'Donoghue, and Jesse J. Yes! Congratulations. Yes, absolutely. They lasted two series together, didn't they, Matt? Or did they only do the one? They had two series together. You're right. Oh, I so. and, now, and now, unfortunately, Jesse J is back on the board. Oh, is she? Yeah, no, I never really She's cared for her. She's been lurking in Australia for a while, I think, hasn't she, on the voice over there? Uh, and uh, funnily enough, another reality series that you may remember. Debbie McGee, Vanilla Ice and Paul Daniels competed in the first series of which reality show? Debbie McGee, Paul Daniels and Vanilla Ice. Well, I know Vanilla Ice are dancing on ice, but I don't think that, that Paul Daniels and Debbie McGee... <laughs> no, they would have been a hell of a hit replacement. It, um, the first series of... I feel like it's a show that we all still know. Um, Jeff Brazier was on it as well, I think. If it's Jeff Brazier oh. won it. Was it That's the first a... one? Yes, well done. Yeah, the farm, oh. the first Channel Five, <laughs> for lack of a better phrase, reality series. And your final bonus question: Do you know the name of Victor Meldrew's long-suffering wife in One Foot in the Grave? Mm, I know her real name again. Character. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that would have been Margaret Meldrew. And the final question for you. What is the name of the island that housed Father Ted's arch-rival Dick Byrne? Ted lived on Craggy Island. Which island did Dick Byrne live on? I was hoping that it was Craggy Island and then no, it's not. So, um, so no, I don't know. My geography for Father Ted is... <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to look at your your uh, Irish... Um, I can't remember uh, this one either again. That's These rugged, are quite hard. Rugged island, that would have been. Okay. But after all that, where does Ed come on the leaderboard? you got 12, Ed, which isn't isn't too bad for this. No, this that isn't that bad Not at the all, lowest though. score, I don't think. No, no. So you can go into work tomorrow with your head held high. <laughs> Thank you ever so much for joining us. Where can people find you if they want to read your stuff and, and follow you on social media or just follow you around London? Where can they find you? Uh, well, if they want to follow me in person, I'm, I'm probably rather they didn't, but if they want to follow on Twitter, at EdHotTV, and then the Hot TV column is, is uh, every day except Saturday in the Daily Star. I'll be spending my time now watching the rest of Pose, I think. Good. I'm glad, I'm glad that... I mean, you would have seen that anyway, I'm sure, but I'm glad oh. that you... I probably wouldn't have watched it, so I'm really glad I did. I think oh, I, I should come into this thinking the Bay was my favourite of the three, but I actually think that I'm worried the Bay is going to be quite pedestrian, and actually yeah. I think that, that Pose, is, uh, Pose is really intriguing. Yeah, it goes, down, it goes down some really interesting avenues that you won't be expecting, 
and it does pull on the heartstrings a lot. It's it's really well done. Do let me know what you think of it when when you get to the end. But it, I'm glad that we've managed to find something that wasn't already perhaps on your radar. Because mm. that is the point of the podcast, really. Yeah, well, I think what's great about it is it shows you how difficult it was back then for trans people, black people, someone with HIV. And actually, life's still not that easy for them now. You know, so we're kind of watching it thinking, oh, thank God it's not like that. And actually, oh, wait a minute, it's not that much better, really. So I think it's got a lot of social commentary to it as well. Well, thank you ever so much for for doing this and, and making time, Ed. I really appreciate it. You're listening to the Custard TV podcast. The official podcast of thecustardtv.com. Ed ran out of time to watch our fourth and final show this week. Or so he says. Well, no, if I knew that was a thing you could get away with, I would have also said I ran out of time to watch our fourth and final show this week. This is the new comedy vehicle on Netflix for Idris Elba, who has a really weird career, if you think about it. A really weird career. Created by Idris Elba as well. Yeah, this is called Turn Up Charlie. All six episodes are there for you to binge on on Netflix. Is it six or is it more than six? And this is a strange programme where Idris Elba, you know, hunky, really, you know, well-toned, good-looking, no-care-in-the-world Idris Elba? Well, it's a show where he plays a complete loser and everybody thinks he's a complete loser. He's a DJ, he's a wannabe sort of David Guetta type who wants to slowly... And he, had a, he was a one-hit wonder, wasn't he, we learn yeah. as well. He had like a summer hit. Who ends up sort of babysitting the precocious American child of a close friend and uh, his his wife and becomes like a nanny to this really irritating young girl that you want to throw it through that you want to attack through the screen and it's but she's re- misunderstood because you know her parents don't oh, have any time so for her and <laughs> little git Sarah wants to talk about a job yes a nanny you, you want me to be a nanny I'm sick of having strangers watch my kid do you know how long on average it takes me to make a nanny quit kids ain't my thing you feeling abandoned too yeah oh. The piss and the lemonade. What's this? That. Foo foo. That's what I call my vagina. It's such a bizarre program, and it does does make me feel like they went to Idris Elba and said, "What would you like to do on the platform?" Oh, you've got this idea about a DJ who becomes a nanny to his friend's little girl and learns about the world that way. Yeah, we'll do it. You're Idris Elba. People will watch it because it's Idris Elba. But this is bizarre. And also, I know we reviewed uh, his other comedy in the long run, which is coming back to Sky. I will say now, I just don't think Idris can do comedy. I quite liked it. I think we quite liked in the long run. It had a charm to it, and it was based on his sort of childhood... So it has a it, that had an authenticity to it, and it had sort of a decent supporting cast as well, didn't it? it had Bill Bailey in there, and um, Jimmy, I can't remember his surname, who was in Akimbola, Rev. Akimbola, That's the one. But this just didn't have any of that. This felt like Idris Elba does Kindergarten Cop or Mr. Nanny or those films that you get a big action star in and they have to look after some kids. I know Vin Diesel did one as well called The Pacifier. 
and I think The Rock did one as well. But yeah, there's just no redeeming features to this at all. Did you just watch the one? Oh, how I got to the end of it, I don't know. I watched only... the, I watched two just to see, just to see, uh, gave it another chance, uh... and all I got was a Craig David cameo. <laughs> oh, hang on. Now you got me interest peaked. <laughs> Craig Who David. is this for, though? Because I don't know. I was going to ask you. And there are eight episodes. It's not six, it's eight. Oh, God. Oh, God, why? This girl, Gabby, is such a... She's just such a brat, isn't she? She's just... There's a scene, a very short scene at the start, where Gabby sort of steals her previous nanny's sex toy and she sort of complains to the parents... She's a little brat, you need to do something. And the kids and the parents just say, oh, but she's just a kid. No, she's not. She's a precocious little git who I hated and had no sympathy for. But she uses that in the second episode. She says, but I'm precocious. But I'm pre-. And then she, says, she asks at the end, what does that mean? Because she's heard other people say it about it. Oh, my um, God. And, and it is feels that, like... Is she going to have some sort of redemption arc? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, looking at the second episode as well. The first episode seems to be sponsored by the London Tourist Board. You know, they're going into Liberty of London. They're in Camden Lock Market. And Angela Griffin is in it in the second episode. So there you go. Craig David and Angela Griffin. Why weren't those big guns pulled out in the third episode? <laughs> Angela Griffin's got a recurring role in it. And he's got this weird family dynamic, hasn't he, as well? He lives with his auntie. Yeah, and that's so stupid. She goes in and goes, where's my cash monies for the rent? None of that dialogue rang true at all. He's got, no. um, it's just all over the place tonally. I don't know yeah. what age group it's even it's like, for. Is it for kids? I mean, those films that I'm talking about were for kids, weren't they? They were like family films. But this has got, you know, the Idris Elba character. You know, they're to- talking about sex all the time. You know, families with teenagers, perhaps. But then teenagers... I reckon teenagers would see straight through this yeah. from the Even off. like 10-year-olds probably would. Ed was just saying then how people are just of a certain age are just drawn to Netflix, but this proves that the streaming service will just commission anything because it it will either hit the mark or it'll just sit there buried among all their better shows. And if you search for Idris Elba, perhaps it'll come up. But I just think that guy's having such a weird time with his career at the moment. He's doing anything and everything. He doesn't seem to say no to anything. It's a very weird way of of holding your career i just found this completely banal and irritating ed did the right thing by missing it and if i knew that was an option i would have joined him turn up charlie all eight don't episodes. turn don't turn up for it why is it even called that it's so daft because he's a dj <sighs> and also it annoyed me because they were playing celebration at this wedding that he was djing at and uh, the guy says i don't want to interrupt your set and he says something like this song's got eight minutes Celebration by calling the gang isn't eight minutes long. Come on, people. Uh, Turn up, Charlie is on Netflix. <laughs> I mean, that already the got my shy. yeah, that got my hackles up before it even got going. Before um, she even appears. That yeah. <laughs> so, Turn up, Charlie on uh, on Netflix. If you want to put yourself through it, but don't. We did. I love the new format of the podcast. I really do enjoy doing it. But we sort of set our stall out with having four new shows every week, and this was the extra one that got tacked on the end, as so often happens lately, because there isn't enough truly great TV to to dissect. But this was horrendous. If you want to, you can get in touch with Matt and myself on Twitter. I am 
at Luke Custard TV or um, Matt is at Matt's TV Bites. We're on all the podcast and, and, the, po- and the podcast is at Custard TV. Yeah, Pod. so if you want to see Look our for the next... next social media question there thank you so much everyone for following so far i think we went over 200 followers this week so thank you if you're already following and And thank thank you you again just getting in touch when we ask these questions we know you don't have to and you do it uh, basically out the kindness and wanting to give us something to talk about so thank you for that so we are on all as you were going to say there i've just taken over your line we're on all we're on all the podcast apps you tune in's your iTunes. Give us Spotify. a five star review. Give us a five star review if you haven't already. Just and some us kind a... words, some a, a nicely mm. written or just a horribly written review. Just say you like us, basically. Yeah. And like. there's also there's also our YouTube channel, which Matt has been working his little socks off, taking out all the individual reviews and putting them up, not just as audio, but with a nice little picture. Yeah, a nice series. little picky. Uh, YouTube. Uh, and yeah, if, you, if you'd TV. like to support us, please. Um, subscribe to that channel because that helps us as well yeah um get a few pennies emails at uh, custard tv reviews at gmail.com anything new on the site this week luke yes there is a massive retrospective of line of duty on the site right now it talks about all four series that have gone before it talks about its um its sort of journey from bbc2 sort of hidden away before the london olympics of 2012 to the juggernaut it's become uh, starting next Sunday on BBC One, the main channel, and just why it's taken over so many people's imaginations. Uh, every bit of the story is laid out for you, and Will's done a superb job. It's one of the best things we've had on the site this year. Have a look at that. It's on the front page of the site. You can read it. We've already spoken about the Bay and Pose. There's two reviews of them up from our contributors, and my thoughts on how the third episode BBC Two's Mother, Father, Son may have turned the show around for me into something I'm really interested in. Uh, visit the website and to find out more, thecustardtv.com. We will be back next week where Line of Duty takes centre stage as well as the return of The Good Fight on More 4 and two other shows we have yet to 100% confirm. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks to Ed for coming on and letting us... Um, have some time with him thank you very much and as i say back next week with another guest bye for now take care oh that's back i missed that's back yeah (laughs) rate and review us wherever you find us search the custard tv on youtube itunes and facebook judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy the chumba life is for everybody so go to chumbacasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.